welcome back to another episode of Towers Talk. I'm Angela. And I'm Patrick. Welcome back to another week. Towers Talk is brought to you by Lion and Braxton Towers. Towers, you can live anywhere. When you're here, you're home. All right, so today we're very excited to bring our, one of our bosses in to talk to us. You've heard us mention him a whole bunch of times. If you've listened to our episodes, we've made references to him in the past. Today we have Tyler Gailey. So Tyler is an Associate Director for Residence Life here at WVU. He oversees all of our residential curriculum, which again, we've mentioned in passing at various times here. So welcome, Tyler. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So Tyler, first question we have for you is, can you tell us just a little more about yourself, where you went to school, where you worked prior before you came to WVU, those kind of things? Sure. Yeah, the hardest question of the day. Um, So, you know, Going back, of course, to undergrad, I did my undergrad work at Clemson University, received a Bachelor of Science in Political Science. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because like a lot of us that go into this field, I, I never thought I would go into it. I was planning to go to law school. That was my journey coming into college and uh, really was up until my senior year. Uh, but during the middle of the LSAT, I realized I didn't want to do that anymore. And that was a fun experience to have. Um, And so, of course, I went through that little bit of a senior crisis of thinking about what do I actually want to do with my life now. Um, I always like to share this with our student staff in housing, but uh, I've been called on multiple occasions more of a unicorn when it comes to our work because I never was an RA. Uh, I was the resident who could not wait to move off campus uh, when I lived uh, in the residence halls during my time at Clemson. And I was a student leader elsewhere, student government orientation, other student organizations, and uh, those experiences really, you know, showed me that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to live that somehow. And uh, my supervisor in orientation had received uh, his master's degree in higher education and was talking to me about that's a career you can go into because most of us don't come into that knowing that that's a career. Uh, and so that was something I wanted to do. And so I applied uh, over winter break of my senior year to the University of South Carolina for grad school, higher education, got accepted. Uh, like a, like a lot of schools, they have a big recruitment weekend where you go and meet peers and then have an opportunity to interview for jobs. And when I went to their recruitment weekend, I had a chance to interview for uh, a few different housing positions while I was down there and ended up being offered a hall director position as a grad student. Uh, again, having never done housing before, that's not necessarily what I was seeking, but I was interested in a different experience. And so I went that route and I told myself you could do anything for two years and and after that really uh, move on to something else uh, you know that you're interested in and uh, here I am over a decade later uh, still in housing and and loving every minute of it I think you could say I drank the Kool-Aid. After two years of grad school as a whole director you know I did a national job search and uh, was looking for housing jobs by that time I knew that's what I wanted to do. uh, if you ever do a podcast in the future on job searching, I'd be happy to come back because that's a, that's a story. Uh, but when I did that national search, I ultimately decided and had an offer to stay at my current grad or at the grad school I was at the University of South Carolina to work there. And one of the main reasons why I chose to stay was because they were transitioning as a department from a programming model towards a curriculum model. And in my mind, it was something I'd never done before. And I saw that as working for two different departments and, and I wanted to stay. And so I stayed there for a couple more years as a hall director full time. Um, and then had an opportunity due to an opening to head back to my undergrad Clemson to work in their department in housing as a hall director. Did that for a year and while I was there, the department decided they wanted to move towards a curriculum model. Uh, 
and so I also during that time moved up from a hall director position to an assistant director. And so in that, you know, had the opportunity, whereas South Carolina owned curriculum, I was working with the RA staff and helping navigate that for our building uh, at Clemson. I was helping navigate that model uh, with the rest of the hall directors that I was working with uh, and then the, the student staff and residents that I had. And so I uh, was in that position for a handful of years and then uh, really for a variety of reasons was looking for an even different experience for myself and uh, had the opportunity uh, you know to come interview and, and be a part of the, the West Virginia University residence life team and uh, that was a, a leap of faith for me you know I, I didn't know anybody here not only at the institution but the state uh, so it was a uh, it's a great experience and you know what really drew me here was you know the people the uh, the students and really just the culture that I was used to coming from the institutions of South Carolina I see a lot of that here um, and really to come and be in a position that, again, was looking at how do they build academic enrichment and engagement with students. And here at WVU, that's also through a curriculum. And so I share this to say, I don't know how many people in our field right now can say they worked at three institutions that were all building curriculum while they were working there. Uh, but I can. I'm sure I'm not alone in that, but it's always kind of my uh, uh, two truths and a lie type story, I guess, to share out there. And, um, and now that I'm at WVU, I'm also pursuing my doctorate in higher education here and not too far from being done with coursework and focusing on dissertation. And uh, so it's been a great journey so far and you know, really happy to, to be here talking with you all today about the model we utilize. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tyler. I, we've been working together for almost four years now and I did not know that you studied poli-sci. I didn't know about the LSAT story. I mean, I just learned a whole bunch. Um, I'm not far behind you. I've been at two institutions while I was there. They helped them to transition to new to the curriculum model. So maybe that's my goal. The next step is to go to a school that's still programming. <laughs> Patrick O'Donnell, the next Tyler Gailey. I love it. So thanks for that again, Tyler. So as everyone knows, we've had a really challenging semester so far um, with just, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So there are some challenges that come with that. What are some of the greatest challenges that you've seen with programming and connecting with the residents in the halls during COVID-19? You're right. It really has been a year that, you know, no matter how long or how short you've been in higher education, uh, you know, none of us have experienced this before. And so uh, I know all of us are learning day in and day out, you know, how we can continually adapt. Um, you know, coming into this, even backing up before, you know, our residents arrived, you know, my mind when we started planning for the fall semester was, you know, I, of course, was thinking of a lot of wide variety of different things, but I really felt, you know, we would be successful because of the model that we utilize as a department. And, and there's other reasons why I felt we'd be successful too. Uh, because our model, and I know we'll get into this in a little bit, I mean, our model is really built around uh, the individual resident and the opportunity to uh, create and, and think through a wide variety of different engagement opportunities and strategies to connect to our student. Um, I know you, you mentioned programming, and of course programming is one of those ways, but even thinking about uh, the, you know, the different ways that we can do that. And over the last few years, you know, I think we as a department have continually grown in thinking through different ways that we can make those connections. Um, starting, of course, with the fantastic student staff that we have, and of course, the two of you and your peers and colleagues across campus. And, you know, I think one of the, you know, it's, it's definitely something that's not necessarily a, a shock to any of us. But I think with everything being virtual for so long, and even for a time, every single thing uh, pretty much at 100% having to be virtual. I think the challenge, of course, has been, number one, just the fatigue of being virtual. I, I think the fatigue is there not only for our residents, but it's also there for our staff. 
Um, I think just the fatigue of, of COVID, um, and it's not necessarily uh, a place to where, you know, we wouldn't have expected that, but it's, it's been a long year, uh, and it's hard to believe, uh, you know, when it comes to COVID-19, especially in our country, that we haven't even hit the year mark, uh, and it really has been a lot that's been going on, not only in our professional lives or our academic lives, but also in our personal lives, uh, and being really mindful of that, too. And I think it's also, you know, looking at for a lot of our students, you know, a lot of their senior year in high school, specifically thinking about students living in our residence halls, uh, it got disrupted, um, you know, with COVID-19 and a lot of the experiences that I think, you know, a lot of us associate with a senior year in high school didn't necessarily get to take place the way that they always did. So there's that sense of loss, a sense of, you know, um, mourning to a certain degree. And then you come to college and this really exciting life journey that you're on. And then to a certain degree, we're still in that pathway. You're not, it's harder to make connections sometimes uh, with peers, you know, not only just in the building or even in other halls, but even sometimes with residents on your own floor uh, when, you know, when you're potentially in your room and, you know, obviously doing the best you can uh, to take care of yourself. And so I think all of that has really uh, presented a, a wide variety of different challenges that all of us are continually navigating. But I think in that challenge, you know, one of the things that, you know, continually keeps me moving forward, I, I'm not going to speak for the two of you, but hopefully the two of you as well, is every single day, you know, we're all in this together to try and figure out how we can support one another and support our residents moving forward. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say our student staff have been absolutely amazing this year and will continually be so. Uh, they are continue, uh, continually thinking of ways to make connections with the residents. They're continually thinking of ways to advocate for their residents. Our residents are, are sharing with us what they need and, and for us to navigate and think through how we can provide that, whether it's in person or, or not. Um, and I, I really do feel like we're in this together to support one another and, and hopefully create it the best experience we can while also providing you know, a sense of safety to our residents, but also to our staff. Great. Thank you so much, Tyler. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the morning part of that. We just did a, a mid-semester like check-in for, it was just me and Anne's so, like, this is like three episodes ago now for our listeners, our loyal listeners. Uh, but Ange, a lot of what you said, Ange actually said like exactly that as well. She talked about like mourning the things that we've lost. So it's just, it's cool. You know, it's been, you know, it's good to hear. I, I listened to that podcast uh, right before this one. So I could. Oh yes, of course, of course. Replicate it. Copier. So Tyler, so you, everything for our listeners, everything that happens in the residence halls in some way, shape or form appears on Tyler's desk. Like every event that is put on by us or our RAs, our community councils, in some way, Tyler gets a report that knows about those events. So Tyler, the question for you then is what are some of the best like campus or residence hall events that you've seen put on over the last few months? No, no pressure to say anything from Braxton or Lion Tower. Though. I was going to say, uh, such a loaded question there, Patrick. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, and this is probably the political scientist in me coming out, uh, you know, what I have appreciated in connecting with our RAs, a lot of them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and even, you know, uh, part of my work, too, is working with our living learning communities, and so having the opportunity to connect with RAs, you know, through those meetings as well. 
is I've heard a lot of different strategies that our staff have been trying to do to, to connect with residents. Um, and I think that's just fantastic for me to hear. I mean, even this podcast that the two of you are doing right now, uh, you know, people may not think about it, but I mean, it is a strategy of information that you're trying to disseminate out there, not only to our residents, but of course, uh, to staff and, and others across the institution. And, and I think that's fantastic. You know, this, this pandemic has really challenged us to think outside the box um, outside of the uh, the box we've been in of, you know, you put on a program, you, you develop whatever it is that you're developing as an idea, and then hopefully you have people come and you have some type of an activity and then it's over. Um, this is really getting us to think through, okay, if we're not doing much in person or if we are, it's very limited, um, how can we disseminate information? And, you know, in another year, would we have potentially done a podcast in our department like the two of you are doing right now? Maybe, maybe not, but here's a way that you're you're trying to work through that. Uh, you know, we're still thinking through, you know, the use of, you know, emails and newsletters and tabling and all kinds of different strategies. Uh, to really engage. I think the other thing that I've also really appreciated is a lot of our staff have thought through, you know, traditional programs that we've always done in halls, you know, whether it's a, an annual event or, or some other type of form that we're rethinking of, okay, how can we repurpose that maybe in a virtual way? Or how can we repurpose that, that it's a small group activity that we replicate a few different times? Uh, and that's been really exciting for me to see because truth be told, no matter what happens for the remainder of this fall into the spring, um, we're not going to necessarily go back to the way things always were. I mean, we're going to continually learn, adapt, and, and have some new ways to deliver, uh, you know, uh, opportunities to engage for our residents as well as for each other. And so I think all of our staff are really trying to navigate that for themselves. The last thing I would say, and I always highlight this as a positive, uh, I'm not somebody that gets hung up on numbers. And I know, you know, sometimes it can be really disheartening, you know, for anyone to put something on and you have maybe one person attend or a handful and, you know, you're trying to make the best of it. What I think, you know, I've seen this year is staff who are like even excited just to have the opportunity to engage with one or two, you know, students at a time, because that maybe that for that particular program or for that particular resident, those, uh, you know, you're able to take something away that is either an impact on you or potentially could be a trickle down effect that you're sharing that, you know, with peers that live on your floor, roommates or, you know, anyone else that it may be. Um, I think you know, we continually hear from our residents, they want to engage, they, they want to have some in-person activities, and we're continually you know, doing our best to, you know, to navigate that. But a great partner for us in residents' life this year, I, I really do believe, has been our, our colleagues in student life and across the institution. Uh, you know, I, I imagine a lot of your listeners check out the Refresh website, but, you know, to put that shameless plug in there, of course, uh, I think it's been fantastic. Uh, they brought in a lot of different uh, means and programs to try and engage students with. Uh, some people, you know, that are more national, uh, you know, uh, affiliated stars and different things to really come in and engage with our students, which we can do virtually, whereas maybe before we wouldn't have had that opportunity, uh, I think has been really great. And I think there's some potential here, no matter what happens in the future, uh, to continually think of ways that we in Residence Life can partner with other units across campus with their expertise you know, to come in, in the hall and help engage with our students as well. So that was my political way of not naming a single hall. <laughs> no, that was good. We couldn't agree more. I think that um, well, a, you didn't get anyone in trouble or uh, make any of us feel really bad for our programs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think definitely you spoke to the creativity that our team of RAs, RHCs, and student life partners have, have really pulled together every possible resource we could. And, and I think that 
um, I definitely agree. We've, we've come up with some new ideas and I definitely hope some of these stick uh, once the pandemic is over. So thank you for that. So we use this term a lot in residence life. I'm not sure. I think it's come up a couple times with Tyler. Uh, can you explain to our listeners what a residential curriculum is and why it makes our residence hall special? Sure. So, you know, the best way that I can describe it uh, in a very short abbreviated way uh, without completely taking over your podcast is, uh, you know, really the word intentionality and intentional. And so, you know, when you think about a curriculum, typically that word is associated with academics. It's, it's uh, associated with maybe a, a class or a set of courses or potentially even a department. And so for us, you know, it's really thinking through an intentional way of how we engage and interact with each of our residents. And so, you know, I think what really makes us special and uh, going back to my uh, journey and, you know, in my career, when I was at the University of South Carolina, we had one particular meeting that uh, our executive director asked us, you know, what separates us? What, what makes our experience different? And all of us, you know, really struggled with that answer because, again, at the time, we didn't, you know, quite know what we were getting into. And what she challenged us to think about is, is you know, what separates the work that we do versus the work that maybe, uh, you know, a private entity or anyone else could come in and, and kind of try to replicate. And what we what we were able to articulate, and I believe this to this day, is, is really all of us as people and staff coming together with that common purpose to move forward uh, on how we want to create transformational experiences for our residents. You know, I shared uh, in my journey that when I was a poli-sci major, you know, I thought I was going to go to all school, like a lot of our residents, you know, uh, the two of you maybe had this experience as well. You know, you kind of get single track focused on this is what I know I'm going to do and I'm going to do everything in my power to get there. And when I look back on my undergraduate experience, I don't remember a lot of the classes I went through. I don't remember a lot of the assignments or, or different engagements that I had in the classroom. But I still remember, you know, the, the opportunity that I had on different nights to engage with some of my peers on the floor. I lived in a communal style residence hall. So I remember brushing my teeth next to other residents on the floor and the conversations that we were having at the day or in the time. Uh, and all these years later, that still resonates with me and not knowing it at the time, but knowing it now, uh, I recognize some of the transformational experiences uh, were taking place, even though as a department or as an institution, nothing was really happening to help foster that. It was just the environment that I was in. And so what really separates what we're trying to do is we're really trying to create what's that intentional pathway that we know those experiences are taking place, but we can really continually help our residents along on that journey uh, at that individual basis and that individual level. And so when you really look at residence life as a whole, you typically see a programming type approach and then you see you know, the approach that we're in. And I know I've talked about strategies a few different times uh, already. But in a programming model, you're just thinking it to yourself, okay, I want to put something on, what is that idea, and then deliver it, and then maybe you come up with something that you want your, your participants to take away from. Um, what we're trying to do is think about what do we want our participants to gain from an experience, and then once we know what those are, then we start thinking about what's the best delivery mechanism to reach that. Is it a program? Is it that traditional thing to where, yeah, right now, you know, getting students together and, and going through some type of activity because that's going to meet our goal, or is it a 
you know, I want to have a, a, a relationship with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I want to get to know you. I'm going to help you. I want to plug resources for you. I want to do a podcast so I can disseminate information out, or I want to have a, a newsletter that highlights a few different things, or I want to, you know, go outside and, and, you know, build a connection and record myself doing a campus tour so that you have, you know, kind of a takeaway for that as you're getting to know campus in a completely different way. Um, and so what a curriculum allows us to do uh, is really set a prescribed approach as a department that's intentional uh, that also allows us to really tailor the experience to the individual. And so every month we have a different theme in Resmus Life. Uh, this month that we're in right now is our major exploration and you know career exploration a little bit in that as well. And so what you're seeing in the halls is really taking that overarching theme and really tailoring that to how we develop our bulletin boards, how do we develop, uh, you know, maybe some of the four meetings we're having or some of the different programs that we're going to try and put on. And what we're trying to do is recognize where uh, historically our first year students are every given month uh, during their first year living on campus and really try and target some of those particular themes uh, to help them along in that journey. You know what's unique for us uh, compared to some other institutions is you know our students live with us mostly for the first year and, and then they they move they move away you know they, they move to university apartments or potentially off campus whereas at some other institutions you know you may stay on campus for more than one year uh, so we get an opportunity to really try a lot of different things that sometimes we don't even know the the fruit of our labor uh, until many years later but uh, to know that you're making a difference and an impact with our students lives um, you know, really is a, a special thing to be a part of. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. A whole bunch of things resonated from that. Like the right there at the end, you mentioned that we get students for one year. My undergrad, uh, housing was guaranteed four years. I lived in those halls for three and a half before or two and a half before I was hired to be an RA. Um, you didn't say what you, you know, you gave the political science answer about your favorite program, but you did just mention like uh, videotapes of campus tours. That sounds awfully familiar to an event that some Braxton RAs did. Just saying, Hannah Mahi did something about that, so. Uh, I figured I'd make a shameless plug there. So. <laughs> and then the last thing I wanted to add before we get back to the questions is um, what you all just, what you described about the curriculum model and the intentionality, um, you know, for our listeners to, you know, something that you, a phrase, you know, a, a, like a, I don't know what this is exactly, but it's just common, common saying you've heard at some point in your life is, you know, people forget what you wore or what you said to them, but they never forget how they made you feel. And that's kind of like what we hope to do is we try to, you know, we want our students to feel like they belong here, that we reach each and every one of them. So um, thanks, Tyler. That was, that was great. Um, you kind of touched on this, this next question a lot through all of your different various answers. So, but if there's, you know, what are some of the goals of the residential curriculum and connecting with residents for like, let's just talk about the rest of the semester or the rest of this year, those kind of things. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I think, big picture wise, you know, moving forward is, you know, even though this year is very challenging and is different than anything we've experienced before, uh, there, there's a great and golden opportunity for us as a department to continually look at from a big picture, you know, the 30,000 foot view, um, you know, what's working, what's not working, assessing that um, as we continually build as we move forward. I think that's going to be really important for all of us um, as we navigate this. You know, when you go back to a curriculum, one of the one of the key, you know, touchstones of the the step by step process and developing one is that it's really driven by you know, first and foremost uh, our professional staff. Our professional staff are educators, and I believe that our student staff are also educators, and I believe that in my whole heart. 
Uh, and so an opportunity to learn not only from our professional staff, but from our student staff of, you know, where are we at, what's working, what's not working as we continually grow and develop our program moving forward, I think is going to be a, a key takeaway for us um, for the remainder of the year and even into years to come. Um, but I, I think as we go, you know, every month we're going to transition into a new theme. We're still going to, you know, continually work at ways we can target that. We're actually incorporating those themes more and more into the work we do with our outside residence life partners. And so, you know, student life is getting more knowledgeable about what we're doing here in residence life with our themes and trying to help us tailor some different programs. Uh, we've had some opportunities to, to work with uh, the Cruz Center and uh, Well WVU and, and other campus partners to to help us along uh, and some of the themes that we're trying to work towards. Uh, you know, we're also looking at ways that, uh, you know, whether the restrictions on how many in-person activities we can have in terms of who can group together and not, you know, exist or not in the spring, uh, you know, still thinking of ways that we can provide uh, those connections for our students because we know, uh, you know, when they come back in January and we'll, we'll be excited to have them back on campus that they're gonna want uh, still more of these experiences as we, as we navigate it. And so thank you through some of that as well. And then I think, you know, one of the most important things, you know, at least from where I sit, moving forward is I and I say this a lot, you know, Patrick and Angela, you've heard this, if any of your peers listen to this, they'll they've heard it too. And, uh, I believe one of the most important things I can do is is provide you the tools for your toolbox to be successful. Like I never uh, I never want us to, you know, uh, completely, you know, throw a wrench in the cog in the wheel to completely derail us. I, I want to help. So if there's something that you all need, you know, no matter how big or small that it is, I want to make sure that I'm continually working uh, to meet that. Because the, the interesting thing about working in student affairs and student life is the further up you go, uh, the less student interaction you get, uh, which is an interesting concept that I didn't really understand when I first started my career. And so I, I always seek out opportunities where I can, um, but I also recognize that the impact that I can have now with our students is also making sure that you, your student staff, you know, your desk staff, whoever else it may be, our student leaders through RHA and community council, have what they need because you are delivering to our residents uh, that transformational experience that I was talking about. So as we move forward, it's continually about how can I help you be successful? Because uh, then in the end, all of us are going to be successful. Very true. Definitely agree. Thank you, Tyler. So to wrap us up, our final question, do you have one piece of advice or words of wisdom that you would like to share with our first year students here? Yes, definitely. So one of my favorite TV shows is The Office. I, I could watch that uh, nonstop. Uh, love the repeats, you know, of course, you know, Netflix or, you know, whatever it may be. And, uh, there's this one uh, particular episode, and, and I've always loved the, the quote that I'm about to say to you both, but um, I now when I say this quote, I only think at The Office. I don't actually think about the uh, where the quote originated from. And so the quote is, uh, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, and then underneath that, Michael Scott. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I always think about. Um, but, you know, I've, I've always loved that uh, quote, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I thought to myself, you know, especially when I went to college, uh, that it was an opportunity for me to try a lot of different things that I never had the experience doing uh, growing up and uh, the community that I was in or the friend groups that I had. And so I would say to our first years, no matter what, for the remainder of the fall and even into the spring and for the rest of your college career, uh, you know, college is a great opportunity and, and, you know, the university provides so many different avenues uh, to be engaged, to participate, uh, to learn from peers and, and make some of those connections that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have thought you would make. So I would say, you know, 
take a shot, you know, try something of, uh, that maybe you've never done before, you know, try out, you know, go into, you know, a play if you've never participated in the arts before or uh, go to a musical or, you know, have the opportunity to, you know, go to the rec center or, you know, maybe play on an intramural team in the future you know, have that opportunity to, you know, join that student organization that you've been thinking about, uh, you know, as it goes. So, because, you know, I feel like when, when I look back at my college career, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to participate in a lot of different things. I had the opportunity to, to really put myself out there, but I wanted to do it from a place of that I wouldn't look back on it and, and have some regrets of I wish I would have tried this. And even still, you know, for myself, I never studied abroad. And that was something that I, when I look back on it, I wish I would have done it. You know, that I wish I had that opportunity. I, I wish I was knowledgeable about what that really entailed. Uh, that I could have had that. So I would say for any of our students is, is thinking about uh, where maybe some of those experiences for you and uh, taking that because you never know, you may make some really lifelong connections and friendships uh, over some of those that you may have. Great, thank you so much Tyler, that's great advice. I couldn't agree more. So that's a wrap everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us this week and thank you again Tyler for your time today. Tune in next week when we interview another member of the WVU community.